Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 267th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the professor, Emeritus Matt Perkins. And a back corner fade across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, gentlemen? What's up? Uh, back with another preview. I'm excited, I guess, uh, because this is the last dance for the Big 12. So let's get into it. Uh, coach, just like you, or I should say, like Jesse Spano, I'm so excited and I'm so scared. <laughs> we can't get started, though, without the third amigo in the second city. <laughs> a man who's a pinball wizard, and he's got such a supple wrist. It's our <laughs> it's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. I mean, I love the who, but uh, that, it was a little uh, risque. It felt like a <laughs> maybe not a double entendre, but maybe like a single entendre. Uh, no, a, a single entendre would just be saying that you have. Uh, we're not going there. Uh, before we get started in our Big 12 preview, I want to uh, remind you that we are brought to you by our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today, whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, including the Big 12 championship, which we are just about to talk about. BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive 50% off your first welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline to start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Big 12 time. This one's going to be a little shorter than our usual previews because, let's face it, bottom half of the Big 12 <laughs> is kind of sucky this year. So, uh, Coach, I'm going to let you take it away. Charles Barkley has a they, Charles Barkley has a word for uh, for this scenario, and it's called that's terrible. Terrible, Go, uh, uh, prof- Professor. That's terrible. That this team, these teams in the Big 12, they're terrible, terrible, terrible. They're not even good at basketball no more. They they just terrible, <laughs> and we are gonna start with the Kansas Jayhawks. Well, let's not. They're gonna finish dead last. Lance Leopold has a has a big project on his mind, and they just gonna be terrible. Let's just go ahead and get it. They got a new facility, but they're gonna be terrible, and they're gonna be they're gonna be in the Conference USA next year. It's gonna be awful. Any thoughts on the Kansas Jayhawks? Yeah, I had, I had a trivia question for you guys. How many sacks? Did they allow last year? Kansas played nine games. 27. Okay. Coach? Uh, 2,700. <laughs> no, what's your real answer, Coach? I'm going to say 23. 23 sacks. Okay. You guys are a little low. Do you want to reevaluate your guesses, or do you want me to just tell you? Just give it to us. I'm 40, going 28. 47. What? <laughs> That's over five. Forty-seven seconds. over like. What? How is no. that even possible? That's the stat I what? have on it. Oh, my my God. Uh, so yeah, that, just to give you an idea of just how bad Kansas was a year ago. Bad. <laughs> yeah. 
we we wow. love we love Lance Leopold. We do. Uh, let's let's check in let's, on Kansas in about two or three years. <laughs> let's just say Lance Leopold. I got respect for Lance Leopold because he took on a project. He did. So he took on a project. They ain't gonna win many games. Uh, their goal is just to look like a. Their goal is to cut that sack number and get it into the twenties. If they can do that and they can be a competent-looking football team, it's a success in year one. Yeah, well, they're just going to run the ball a lot more this well, year, if, too. If they could get it into the 30s <laughs> and play a full 12 games, then their sack per game number will have been slashed. <laughs> that is All right, true. Coach, who's that number nine? Number nine, uh, the former fighting Kingsburys, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, they're also... Um, going to be searching for a conference because the Pac-12 said nah nah and the Big Ten said nah nah so uh, they're going to be searching for a conference what do you make of Texas Tech I don't I, I don't know they're, they're going to be you know they're not going to finish last that's the good news here's my worry about about Texas Tech is I'm not sure they have a coach um, just to recap Matt Wells's career 2013 debut season, Utah State. They come out of nowhere, win the division, win their bowl game, nine and five, seven and one. Builds on that year two, 10 and four, six and two. Then the wheels kind of fell off. Six and seven, three and nine. That's like 2016. People are wondering, like, uh, what's his job security? 2017, bounce back a little bit, six and seven. Still not amazing. With a 2018, a 10-win season, and it's like, oh, did he rebuild Utah State? I don't know. And then he gets the Texas Tech job, and he's eight and 14, five and 13 with the Red Raiders. So, you Gary know, Anderson's making him look like he did. Yeah. So, I mean, he started out with 19 wins, then he let Utah State fall apart, but then, admittedly, he did bring it back. But that's not like. That's just because he happened to get the best quarterback in yeah. in, in the conference in Jordan Love for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like Brian Harrison, who had continued success at Boise. It's not like he took over an awful Utah State team and rebuilt them from the ground up. He actually let them fall apart under his watch. Uh, I, I'm very concerned. I, I think he might be the first fired coach in the conference. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and what that matter is that you have a young and up-and-comer on your staff, uh, Sonny Cumbie, as the offensive coordinator. He's a talented coach, but he can only do so much. Maybe they fire Wells halfway through the season, and Sonny Cumbie becomes the interim head coach and gets a shot at the permanent job. Until then, they're going to struggle. And they have uh, they have Tyler, Sm- Tyler Shaw. I think that's how you say his name. He was an Oregon transfer. Yeah. I said that right, correct. Um, they have him coming in. Um, but, again, you got to have more than a quarterback. Uh, they don't have a defense. So that's a problem. Uh, they don't – I mean, they're not very deep at the playmaker positions. That's a problem. So, they're going to struggle. Matt Wells is going to learn the hard way. And Matt Wells is going to go back into the, you know, the group of five abyss and – That'll be the last that we hear from him. So not not much promise for the Red Raiders, honestly. Yeah, uh, you stole my thunder. 
I was going to say Matt Wells is going to be the first coach fired. So there I we guess go. we answered that one, right? Yep. But I don't think that they are the second worst team in the conference. I think they're the third worst team in the conference. So do you think Baylor is the yes. second, uh, second worst team? Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's talk about them. I, I, I think, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a coin flip, but Matt go for it, man. Um, Dave Aranda is an amazing defensive coordinator. Dave Aranda is a terrible head coach. I mean, D- Dave Aranda hates recruiting. Dave Aranda is <laughs> can't be a good head coach if you hate recruiting. He hates recruiting. Like he he's he's like, when he was the Wisconsin defensive coordinator, he came out and said it like to the press. So like I don't really like recruiting. That's, and uh, that's, that's a he, he's not exactly a like problem. a he's not exactly charismatic. Um, I do. I think their offense is non-existent. And they play in a conference where even where it's really tough to have a great defense, which is what he's good at. What's funny is like when you look over at his defensive career too, like he was phenomenal at Wisconsin, ninth in the country, ninth in the country, second. He was really country, good at Utah State, fifteenth in the country. Yeah, at LSU they actually got worse every year, fifth, twelfth, thirtieth, thirty second. Not the trend that you want and. I mean, just because I'm sure people don't really care all that much about Baylor and don't necessarily remember it. Uh, 2019, Matt Rule uh, went 11-3. and They lost the Big 12 title game in overtime to Oklahoma. And then they lost a pretty interesting bowl game with Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. So that was 2019. Mm-hmm. And then last year, 2-7. and seven. <laughs> Matt Rule leaves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Matt Rule leaves. And it just goes downhill from there. What conference does Baylor end up in? Their basketball team's phenomenal. They just, they're coming off a national title in basketball. Does I think I think I think honestly they they end up Big Twelve because they're not Big Twelve. <laughs> Big Twelve's dead. Uh, they end up in the Pac twelve um, because the Pac twelve is going to have that Southwest corridor, and they're going to leave Texas Tech out because they don't offer much of anything. That's going to be. There's no. going to have to be Pac, some comp- Pac-12. Pac-12 will not take Baylor, considering yeah. the combination of scandal and Pac-12 is like very openly against like religious schools like that. Yeah, like there's, there's going to have to be a lot. Pac-12 of will never take Baylor. Never take Baylor. They will never take BYU either. No, they no they they they'd be more likely to take BYU because BYU is not scandal prone like Baylor is. The um, problem with BYU that is always the the wrinkle is scheduling them is such a pain because they don't they won't play anything on sundays right oh for any yeah for any sport yeah Yeah, not not, football doesn't matter but basketball like other basketball baseball and all that yeah yeah yeah, they they won't play on sundays okay that's enough about this god-awful baylor team (laughs) yes we spoke way too much matt rule good job getting out of baylor it, it, that was the smart move. Even if, even if you last just one more season with the Carolina Panthers, it was worth it. Doesn't matter. All right, well, so, he'll get a nice college job if it doesn't work oh, out. Oh yeah, the Panthers. Um, yeah. He, 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 here's yeah, my he prediction: should. Matt Rule next year is coaching the Purdue Boilermakers. Ooh. Oh. Okay. I think he could get a better job than Purdue. Nebraska. I thought. I. I ooh. I was gonna go all the way up to Michigan. Maybe, maybe maybe him and Jim Harbaugh switch places. That would be awesome. That would be. Uh, can, can you execute a trade like that? 
that would be sweet if you could because I want the Carolina Panthers to to, to have Jim Harbaugh because he's not very good. That would be fun. Um, okay. All right. So our next two teams, let's just uh, I'll, I'll let you guys pick which one we talk about first because I think they're both in the same same boat here. But uh, Kansas State and West Virginia are, are the next two teams. Okay, uh, I on, have on Kansas State here. in a very different place than the, than than you do, then, Coach. I guess we disagree. I, I haven't like right in the middle. I, I had West Virginia lower than Kansas State. Um, yeah, I, I have, have, I have uh, but but I have Kansas State right right dead smack in the middle. I've got West Virginia at seven, so let's go there. <laughs> All right, let's let's do it. Uh, let's let's talk West Virginia. What you know to to me when you look at Dana Holgerson, um, or when you look at Dana <laughs> Not Holgerson there anymore, you not Dana Holgerson. <laughs> You probably you probably wish he was still there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But Neil I like Brown, Neil, I like Neil Brown. Go at it. I do too. I, I just I don't know. For, for some reason, he doesn't seem like a good fit for West Virginia. I, I'd rather see him somewhere else. But uh, West Virginia, I, I guess with this whole preview, we can we can uh, we can predict which conference each of these teams go to <laughs> next year. So um, I ACC. think West Virginia is bound for the ACC. Um, you know what what stands out to me about West Virginia. You know, they, they, again, they had a decent season. They had a defense. Um, the offense averaged 413 yards and 27 points per game, which in the Big 12 is mediocre. Um, but they, you know, they, they do something. They did something that most teams don't. They played a little bit of defense. They were tough at home. Uh, their offensive line is going to be pretty good. Um, but uh, and I really like Letty Brown. Uh, at running back, I think he has potential to to make things interesting in the Big 12. But when you look at the top of the Big 12 with uh, with Oklahoma and Iowa State, um, so those two teams are going to be tough to knock off this year, regardless. But um, you know, West Virginia can be interesting. They can finish anywhere from fifth to seventh, uh, and it just depends on just kind of how they are at, at the at the given points of their schedule. Uh, they lost their two best defensive backs, Tyke Smith and Drayshon Miller. Yet they still have a really good defensive backfield. I think that's a, that, that's a you know I, I think it, it and sucks their that, defensive backs coach. Yes. Yeah. Well, but yeah. they've still got they've still got guys. You know, Nick Troy Fortune, Kerry Martin Jr., but uh, Sean Mahone. But my favorite guy on the defense, Alonzo Aday. I think uh, I have a soft spot for him. He's a New Hampshire transfer. Uh, but he was one of the best safe. You see, he's uh, he was one of the best safeties in the country last year, uh, at you know in his first year playing FBS football. I think he's outstanding. I love him, Jared Deggy on offense. Uh, he's been a little bit up and down. They got a nice transfer in at guard at Doug Nestor, but outside of that, I don't love. I really don't love this offense. So that that's what would be my biggest concern, Josh. Their depth is terrible. Yeah, I think West Virginia, you look at their schedule, and um, in the non-conference, they have Maryland and Virginia Tech, uh, as well as an FCS team that I'm going to talk about here in a moment. Um, You kind of figure, okay, maybe we can split those, beat the FCS team, so we get two wins there. They should beat Texas Tech. They should beat Baylor. um, They should beat Kansas. That gets them to five wins. That means they just need to knock off either Kansas State or Oklahoma State, TCU, all winnable games. 
So I think they're safely a bowl team. I just, I don't think they do anything well enough to kind of climb that, that hurdle. Um, the FCS team that I wanted to talk about, I did not realize they had a football team. I thought they were a basketball only school. They are playing the long Island university sharks on September 11th. I thought LIU just had a basketball team. I did not know that they had a football team. So I learned something. Thank you, West Virginia. All right. Uh, so let's talk Kansas state next. Yeah. Kansas state. Here we go. Um, the monsters of Manhattan. They, uh, under Chris Kleiman, they're an interesting team. I, I think when you look at them, they're a team that, again, just kind of runs the anti-Big 12 offense, which is uh, they're going to beat you on the ground. They're kind of like the FPS projection of North Dakota State, which obviously their head coach came from there, so it's not surprising. But um, they, uh, I, I like Skylar Thompson. Uh, he... Uh, he got hurt last year. Will Howard was thrown in. Uh, things were things were okay. Uh, the worst thing for Kansas State is they got to figure out third down. They got to figure out how to convert. They they didn't do enough in the passing game. The running attack was decent, which for Chris Kleiman, that's a that's a major issue. The defense they were uh, they were awful. They had a five game losing streak to close things out. They were you were starting to feel good about him, and then they fell apart. Uh, but Thompson is back. Um, you know, obviously he, he's he's the guy, uh, and and their quarterback situation is awesome. Um, Deuce Vaughn is one of my favorite players. He reminds me of Warwick Dunn a little bit. Probably not quite as good as Warwick Dunn because that's pretty lofty. But he's five five, hundred seventy one pounds. I, I guess I guess you could throw your own uh, Kansas State. Uh, yeah, he's Darren Sproles. He's not some guy he's named Darren Sproles. Some guy named Darren Sproles, but um, I don't know. I, every time I think of a short guy, I think of work done, but uh, or a short, small guy, I think of work done. That was one of my favorite players growing up. But so they're going to have to figure out how to how to use uh, how to use Vaughn in, in, in a lot of different roles. They're going to um, they have Briley Moore. Um, uh, they have uh, they have some they have some options. Malik Knowles, Sebastian Taylor. Um, but uh, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find some offense somewhere. They're gonna have to get, they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to convert third downs defensively. You know they're they're an interesting bunch too. Uh, they were the worst in the Big Twelve, or they what they weren't the worst in the Big Twelve, but it was dead last against the pass. They were they were awful. They had a good pass rush, but their stopping the run was terrible. Yeah, just defense was a mess. Just just put it that way. So what what does this team need to do to, to give themselves a chance? Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna zig, coach, as you zagged. I actually I think Kansas State could be a factor. They fix, I, I, I think they fixed a few small problems. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly I think right. I think Kansas State could potentially finish third. And damn it, Josh. And and, and damn ruin. it, Josh. That was my take that I thought was gonna be fantastic. Uh, oh. I have them finishing uh, third. I think they can ruin someone's season along the way. They they started out four and one a year ago and upset the Sooners. They are a mini version of Wisconsin. They were hammered by injuries. And yeah, COVID was also the big one. So, you know, their quarterback Skylar Thompson got hurt, and then their backups were way down the depth chart. Cause like it was all COVID. 
So I think uh, I think their four and one start is closer to who they are as a team. I like this Kansas State team. I love Kansas State. Uh, I'm, I'll spoil it now. Deuce Vaughn's my pick for Offensive Player of the Year in the conference. Ooh. And I think that they are they plugged most of their defensive holes via the portal and just getting guys healthy. Uh, they are I've got them finishing third at nine and three. In the Matt, your your dislike of Spencer Rattler continues. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean we'll, we'll we'll get there, but their 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 tough games are at home. They got Oklahoma and Iowa State and TCU all and, and even West Virginia all at home. Their road games in the conference are Oklahoma State, who I'm down on, Texas Tech, Kansas, and Texas, who I'm sure we're going to talk about soon. Like their non-conference schedule is Stanford who we don't know what Stanford is this year at home, plus home games against Southern Illinois and Nevada. Is Farmageddon a a true home game this year? Uh, Farmageddon is in uh, uh, the the Iowa State game. Yeah, it's sometimes been in a neutral site. It's been in Kansas. It's been at Kansas City before and stuff. So Uh, I assume it is a true home game, but I will Uh, I will look that up. I'll be right back. My Jersey Mike's is here, gentlemen. All right. Well, then let's Ah, move. Where'd you go with? I'll tell you in a second. All right. Surprise. So let's let's talk about let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's talk about them Cowboys. Um, a, a team that every year, every single year, I try to say, okay, this is the year. They're good. They're explosive. Um, but I'm, I'm not so sold on them. Uh, I think you guys may have actually talked me into Kansas State uh, being better than them. I, I thought Kansas State was right there in the middle of the pack. But Oklahoma State is, is another team that's right there, uh, right smacking in the middle of the pack, I think they're kind of trending downward where Kansas State is trending upward. I, I think when you look at Kansas State, uh, they've got a lot of problems, but a lot of it was injury-related. A lot of it was just depth-wise. But, um, you know, when you lose Tyler Wallace, Dylan Stoner, and Landon Wolf um, in a passing attack that was that was good, uh, it, it's going to be a problem. They, they lose a lot to the NFL. And they lose a lot in general. And and I, I think when you look at this team, you know, Chuba Hubbard just wasn't able to recreate his magical season. Uh, I think there was a lot of controversy surrounding Mike Gundy. Maybe the luster has gone off on him. But, you know, you're down on Oklahoma State as well. I'm down as well. It just doesn't feel that they are ready to make an impact in the Big 12. No, I, I really don't think that they are, Coach. And there's a couple of reasons for that. You mentioned the losses at receiver. They also lose their best offensive lineman, Tevin Jenkins, who was a, a scary, scary dude. They already had suspect pass protection last year. And I think losing him just makes it even worse. Spencer Sanders, for all he's done, actually is getting it might not even be the starter this year i don't trust them i think gundy is on uh, is backsliding and i really just don't think that this team is going to be all that good this year no, I, think, I, I think the interesting thing about oklahoma state though is they were eight and three a season ago they had uh an overtime loss to texas they were right in that TCU game. Maybe that was even a mini upset. I don't know exactly who was favored a year ago between Oklahoma State and TCU. But, um, you know, they weren't that far off. But then you, you 
documenting all the players that they have departing. And it's just like, can that's always the question with Oklahoma State. Can they refill those those players? If they weren't that far off last year and they lose all that stuff, they're, that, that <laughs> yeah. boat is drifting away. <laughs> not towards them. They're not they're not yeah. a team that you look at year in and year out that reloads. They're yeah, yeah. they're not they, they can't withstand that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Coach, who have you got then, I guess, would be fifth for you, fourth for me and Josh? Uh, I guess let's look at TCU. Uh, they're, they're a team that's next on the board. Um, and they're a team that, you know, I had to flip a coin between them and Texas. I, I like Sark. I'm a big fan of Sark. I think he'll make an impact greater than what TCU is going to be able to bring to the table. Um, plus, TCU plays at Kansas State. Uh, they're at Oklahoma. Uh, two two road games right there. That's not very much fun. So uh, when you look at TCU, uh, they were so inconsistent, right? You look at some games where they're you're like, okay, I'm ready to pick them. And and this reflected in our in our selections uh, when we made selections throughout the course of the year when we did spread formation. This really showed because you know they they were record killers. Uh, for us and they're so inconsistent uh, they got obviously they made a bowl and they got six wins but um you know they averaged 411 yards and 31 points per game but they you know there was games where they they failed to break the two touchdown mark which in this conference you can't but what i like about them and where this coin flight coin flight this coin flip might go against me is they have nine starters coming back um and they did well in the transfer portal as well so they're going to be more explosive. Max Dugan is uh, is going to be back. He is, you know, he's a guy that can make plays. Again, the word consistency for TCU on both sides of the ball is the key here. And if they can be consistent, they can win more games and they could possibly finish third in the conference. So what do you guys think about TCU uh, other than the fact that these playmakers just need to make plays? I like TCU. Yeah, I, I like TCU more than I like the team we're going to talk about next, actually. Biggest concern, they lost they, a phenomenal safety pairing in Trayvon Merrick and Ardarius Washington. They bring in TJ Carter over from Memphis, who I think is a really nice pickup in the portal. Max Dugan, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm relatively high on. And I, I think, think Dugan could win Offensive Player of the Year. I think he's a dark horse for that. There you go. And Coach, they brought in one of our favorite guys to play offensive tackle, Obina Easy. Oh, so they, they, they did... They they rated Memphis. Yeah, they rated Memphis for like two it. of Memphis's best players. So <laughs> I, I think forgot that about is Obina. yeah. I forgot uh, Obina coming over. That's great. Yeah, Obina's going to be huge for them. He's going to start at left tackle, and I think that he's going to be a really big difference maker for their offensive line. Coach, tell me why you think Texas is better than TCU. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Can I talk about TCU? I didn't talk about okay, TCU. For fine. A so I like Duke, and I already mentioned that their um, defense was one of the conference's best last year. They will return a lot of that talent. And finally, drumroll, please. Coach talked about their inconsistency. That's sort of true overall, but if you then look at it week by week, they won five out of their last six games. They finished strong. I think they figured some stuff out. You have a whole real offseason, no crazy, strange COVID offseason, which I'm sure contributed to their terrible start. I like this Horn Frog team. So if I have Kansas State finishing potentially as high as third, and I've got TCU finishing potentially as high as third, 
uh, I'm selling quite a lot of stock on the team we're about to talk about. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, the team yeah, we're about talk to talk about, about is them Longhorns. So here's here's why. Um, first of all, Tom Herman is gone. So this weird culture and just kind of like blah energy is gone. And when you get a breath of fresh air, teams usually usually have a jolt. Um, teams that have some weapons on offense, they have three of their top five receivers back. Joshua Moore uh, is somebody that I'm excited about. Kate Brewer is an exciting tight end as well. We all know what uh, Sarkeesian can do with that. Um, you know, there uh, Casey Thompson. He, he's going to be somebody to, to, to watch out for. Uh, Harrison Card is, is also that they have some quarterback competition going on. Um, but I, I think that if there's a guy that can get as much out of his quarterback right now uh, as there is, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is that guy. So Casey Thompson, I think, is somebody that you need to watch out for. Uh, B. John Robinson. Uh, is also somebody that's going to come in, I think, and make a make a contribution early. They're going to have some young guys that that do that, and I think they're recruiting. If you're going to buy stock long term in Texas, they're recruiting is going to take an uptick. A because they're going to the SEC, and B because when you look at NIL brands, they're going to attract some top talent just based on that alone. So, um, you know, to me, I think this Texas team is going to be more explosive, and you know, when, when you're in a coin flip with, with another team, you know, that just kind of the, the more explosive offense, in my opinion, I think is going to be one of the reasons why I, I like them to have a slight edge. I don't, I'm not saying like they're miles ahead of TCU. I think TCU could just as easily finish way ahead of them. But um, I, I think Texas has a lot of potential as well. When we look at the Big 12, unless your name is Oklahoma and really even Iowa State, all about potential, and Texas has a good bit of that. Texas my problem with play. Texas, go ahead, Josh. My problem with Texas is the way they killed this conference and shat all over these other teams, sans Oklahoma, means that every game they are getting a Super Bowl matchup for the other team, and don't 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 make this as I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm yeah. definitely not. I'm not necessarily rooting for them. Uh, objective, I'm just saying they're going to be better than than objective. Objective number one for every team in this country, conference, other than Oklahoma and Iowa State, is to beat Texas. That immediately makes their schedule much harder. Next, Steve Sarkeesian. He's a brilliant offensive mind. Brilliant offensive mind. Um, yeah, he was doing that with Oklahoma's play or Alabama's players. The last time we saw him not at Alabama, he was not an offensive mind. His USC teams were not good. He also had a drinking problem. He also had a drinking problem, which like, you know, we're all about second chances here at this, at illegal motion. I don't think that should prevent him from ever getting another job. The problem is he has said that a lot of that drinking problem stemmed from the fact that USC is like a insane pressure filled program. Well, now he's at the most pressure filled program in the entire country. 
and he just came from the other one, Alabama. Yeah. So, yeah, but where, Alabama at this point is not because Saban has had so much success. Yeah. That, and also, the stress is completely different when you're a coordinator as to when being a head coach. So, uh, <laughs> go to Tuscaloosa on a game day. They yell at everybody. So, it, yeah, it's different I mean, down there. I just, I, I'm dubious. I think. I don't think their talent is as good as people think it is when you watch Texas last year. Um, I think it was more than just Tom Herman. I think there's systemic issues at Texas. Um, you know, long-term, yeah, get into the SEC and recruiting and all that. Great. Maybe they turn it around. People have been saying that about Michigan for roughly 20 years, years now. Like, there's real issues at Texas that are, you know, not fixed magically by Steve Sarkeesian. I, I think that TCU finishes ahead of them. I think Kansas state has a great chance of finishing ahead of them. I, th- I think they, I think Texas might finish fifth. I have Texas finishing fifth and, uh, I really like Bijan Robinson, but other than that, the offense have a lot unproven, especially at the offensive line position. And defensively, again, they've got players, and I think that they did a good job hiring a good coordinator, Kwiatkowski. But I think next year is the year that we see Texas start to put things together, especially with some of the recruiting he's doing. But their question marks at quarterback, question marks at offensive line, not a good recipe for a big season. Uh, I guess we're going to Ames next, Coach. You guessed it. We're going to Ames, Iowa. I, I love, love, love this Iowa State team. I think they're, they are, you know, I'm glad Matt Campbell turned down the Detroit Lions. That's a great, great business decision for him. Um, he, obviously, he's not, he's not into biting kneecaps and whatever else that, that weird stuff was that Dan Campbell was saying. But, um, you know, Iowa State is going to be, you know, you could say, hey, they were a fluke. They were a fluke. They were a fluke. And a lot of people are saying that. But when you look at this team, they are not. They're well built. Um, they have Brock Purdy coming back. They have uh, – he, he fires me up. The offensive front was one of the best in the Big 12. They were able to keep him upright, uh, led by uh, center Colin Newell and guard Derek Schweiger. Uh, they're all Big 12 offensive linemen. You have uh, Brees Hall also. He uh, he only ran for 1,500 yards and scored 21 touchdowns, you know, whatever you want to say about that. Um, but, you know, they, they've got a lot of firepower. They're a team that's, that's becoming a main fixture in this conference. And, you know, I'm predicting they go Big 10. That'll be really good for, for the Big 10 as far as getting an athletic program. Um, but uh, – you know, I'm 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 excited for this team defensively. Uh, they have uh, 12 of the top 15 tacklers back from a team that led the Big 12 against the run. Mike Rose um, was one of them. He had 96 tackles. Uh, he's he's coming back. Jake Hummel, uh, Orion Vance. Also, uh, when you look at this, uh, when you look at this linebacking core, it's one of the deepest uh, in in the conference and. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the D-line. Uh, Jaquan Bailey is coming off one end. Uh, Will McDonald on the other. Who came, uh, They both had 10.5 and, and 13. Or Will McDonald, I should say, had 
sacks and 13, tack- 13 and a half tackles for loss. Um, there, you know, where they could improve on the D line is on the interior. They could have more depth, but I really like six foot six, three ten pounder Ioima Uzoriki. I probably booked that. I apologize. Um, their secondary was stingy as well. Um, again, when you're in the Big 12, you're going to give up some big plays. That's not a concern as long as you make more big plays and, and have more stops than you than you have big plays given up. You're pretty, pretty good. Uh, Ashim Young is somebody that I really like. Greg Ellsworth is also at the safety position. Um, somebody who is uh, coming back with some veteran leadership. So they got a lot of, a lot of pieces coming back to a puzzle that that had a really good shot at beating Oklahoma. I think had they had a little more experience in the title game, I think they could have won that game last year, but, but Oklahoma just won based on experience and Iowa state just kind of played tight. So well, they beat them. I love the Cyclones. <coughs> beat them in the regular yeah, season. The, regular the big season. 10's just, the big 12 just absolutely mismanaged and tried to force a title game down people's throats. Uh, so Iowa state fans are, really fun. <laughs> um, a lot of their message board stuff was uh, in the wake of Oklahoma and Texas was we finally get good. And the conference decides to disband. Um, I think that uh, I have them winning. That, the that is kind of messed up. I have them winning the conference. I think that uh, don't let, don't let your Iowa people hear you say that. <laughs> uh, I think that they, they might disown you. I actually think that uh, I think Campbell's proven himself to be the better coach overall. I think their talent compared to Oklahoma, uh, the disparity is only deeper in the depth chart. So if Iowa State stays healthy, their starters are essentially the same as Oklahoma starters. Um, I like Mr. Uh, Brees Hall. Liked him quite a bit last year. He's going to be my spoiler alert. Offensive player of the year. I got Iowa State winning the conference. Um, In terms of the Big Ten, this is the sad reality. The Big Ten really only cares about media markets. And Ames does not add a media market. So I I think the Big Ten will not be expanding to Ames. It's a darn shame. It's a darn shame. And it leaves... That should be the number one team on their board. It leaves Iowa State in a very, very tricky position because the sad reality is uh, in terms of fan bases, they would get packed stadiums when they were winning two football games. So they have the football environment. Their basketball program has an incredible track record. Uh, It's been down just a pinch recently with Steve Brom. But before that, uh, they had Johnny Orr, the legendary Johnny Orr, coach of them. They had Tim Floyd. uh, They had Larry Stacey win Big 12 tournaments. You know, they were always Kansas's biggest thorn in the side. Their wrestling program is routinely top 10. Uh, They are a very, very, very well-run athletic department. They have good booster support. The AD has shown commitment to getting facilities built there. They've done some beautiful work to Jack Tri Stadium. It is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a high caliber stadium um, nowadays after 
you know, the first time I went there, like in the nineties, it was like, Whoa, what is, what is this? This feels like a really nice high school stadium. It's legitimately a nice program and nice stadium there. And it's kind of going to unfortunately be all for naught unless I think realistically the best hope for the big 12 is you lose Oklahoma, you lose Texas. I would add Houston, good basketball program, good football program. I think Central Florida has a good enough football program. You try and get them. Uh, slam a jamma. Yeah, you you hold the line with Kansas basketball, hoping to anchor that. You hold the line with Iowa State, being vastly improved. Um, and just try and. Josh, cons- to me, to me, you're missing the biggest one, besides Houston, Memphis. Yeah, I was going to go with Memphis, Memphis also. Yeah, I, I think I think you, you Memphis get... and Memphis, Houston, and then Cincinnati is the other school. Yeah, I, I think would... I think if you can do that, if you're the Big Twelve, you will admittedly be the worst power conference team, power conference. But unless this radically changes in the light of this whole realignment stuff, the playoffs are expanding. I think that's the best hope. I think, you know, I, I don't get the Pac-12 adding teams from Texas. SEC's not going to add any more, um, at least here in the short term. The Big Ten is all about media markets. I think the Big Ten is actually going to close ranks a little bit. I think the Big Ten is going to be like, what does what West Virginia do for us? Nothing. They'll let ACC have that. The Big Ten, more realistically, would be like thinking. I'll also say, what what is what does Nebraska do for us, and they'll kick them out. Uh, I think the Nebraska fans might actually like going yeah, back. Nebraska to the, back to the. I, here's what I say: Nebraska back yeah. to the Big Twelve. It, it, in all honesty, um, a much more likely expansion target for the Big Ten would be, hey, how can we get the Miami TV market? How can we get the U? Like, that's where the Big Ten is thinking. Um, I will say, in all honesty, the last thing about the Big 12 in this breakup is you have Bob Bowlesby, who was absolutely despised as an athletic director at Iowa. Everyone felt he mismanaged everything. Basically, he gets run out of town. He oversaw what is widely regarded as one of the worst misseeded March Madness basketball tournaments of all time when he was the chair of the selection committee. And he has single-handedly destroyed the Big 12. I mean, you talk about failing up. Look out for him to run for president in about 2024 and win the whole thing. That's his level <laughs> of incomp- that's his level of incompetence. Oh Feels about right. All right. Let's, I mean, not much to say about our last team other than they've been the class of the conference. Uh, Sorry. One last thing. One last thing, just in case there's any confusion about it. Uh, In terms of Iowa state to the big 10, there's been some question marks about like, Oh, are Iowa fans going to be petty? I can only speak for myself. I would love Iowa state in the big 10. I do not harbor any ill will to towards them. For me, they are a fun in-state team to play. That's an, always a fun matchup for me. The 
real rivalry is Minnesota, secondary Wisconsin, and Northwestern is the pain in my ass. Iowa State, I you know, uh, I don't care if Iowa State makes the college football playoff. I don't feel envious towards that. I, I'm thinking great things for them as a program. So I would love the Big Ten to add them. I'm just talking about in terms of what I project the Big Ten doing. All right, finally. Gotcha. Coach. Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, not a whole lot we need to add Boomer here. Sooner. They're really good. Yeah, they are really good. That's, that's what I've heard. Uh, some guy named Rattler, who uh, controversially is the uh, you know least favorite of all my, my Lincoln Riley quarterbacks. Um, he's definitely my least favorite. And But they're going to be really, really good. Uh, we had some skepticism with Rattler. He had some rough moments last year, but um, I think overall he's proven that he can be really, really good. Uh, so for me, obviously – Oklahoma's going to win this because they are Oklahoma. Uh, they, you know, I think once they get the Big 12 title game, it's it's basically like that Tiger Woods effect, where like you you know you get you get to the final round with Tiger Woods, and you kind of wilt under the pressure of trying to beat Tiger Woods in, in the final round of a major. It's going to be kind of that way. Like you can beat you can beat Tiger and the players, but you can't beat him at the Masters. You know, so, so, stuff like that where when Tiger was in his prime. So uh, Oklahoma obviously was number one in the Big 12. They were close to 500 yards and 43 points per game. Um, they obviously took some talent losses, but again, they're Oklahoma and they reload. They had some uh, – they uh, they said, hey, Tennessee, can we uh, can we get a running back? And they got one of the best – one of the what was going to be one of the better running backs or one of the top running backs in the SEC – he now joins them. That's Eric Gray uh, from Tennessee um, to add to, to Spencer Rattler. Uh, he threw 28 touchdowns to seven picks last year. Um, the depth, uh, Tanner Mordecai at quarterback is somebody that if Rattler gets hurt can come in and, and, and play well. Um, they lose Charleston Rambo to Miami, um, but you have Marvin Mims, Theo Ways, Jadon Hazelwood. Drake Stoops and then Austin Stogner um, as your receiving core. Uh, you have Mike Woods coming in from Arkansas uh, to also um, get in the mix at the receiver position. So that's a really big and deep. Uh, you have Creed Humphrey as the center. Uh, he's gone, but uh, you have Adrian Neely. He's gone too, but three starters return, including Marquise Hayes and uh Wanya Morris. Well, Wanya Morris comes, comes over from over Tennessee as a as, as, as a well. transfer. Yeah. So yeah, he comes over from from Tennessee. So he'll 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 be looking down to start that left tackle gig. Um, that they're obviously blocking for what who I just said, Eric Gray. Um, after losing Ramondre Stevenson, um, they uh, they replaced him with Gray, who's going to be just as good defensively. Uh, what do they have defensively for Alex Grinch? They have. Um, of course, they ripped apart Nick Benito um, is one. Uh, they, uh, I, you know, I really like this. Uh, Jaden Davis, um, you know, Norwood, you know, those guys, Delarian Turner-Yell, uh, the front seven is very, very deep. Uh, Perry and Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas there. Uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot of playmakers to be, to be had. 
Uh, Nick Benito is probably the best one of the bunch, which is kind of scary because again, they're, they're just, they have some deep, they have some depth on both sides of the ball. That's where I think their edge is over Iowa state. Um, they, they have guys that get tired. They, they roll in uh, better guys. Iowa state's not quite there yet as far as depth wise. Uh, so they can hang and hang and hang, but once, once depth kicks in, that's where it gets a little tricky. So to me, Oklahoma is your big 12 champions. What do you guys fire away? So uh, here's my perception of Oklahoma. Uh, certainly true at the end of Stoops' career. And I feel like it's continuing to Lincoln Riley's, which is <clears throat> they're a soft team. I don't think that they handle adversity particularly well. We've seen that in bowl game, big bowl games, seen that in the playoffs, saw that against Iowa State in the regular season. They were just lucky as sin to win the title game. Uh, Iowa State had a play where Brock Purdy had a ton of open space in front of him to run, and he had a momentary lapse of judgment and tried to pass it when if he had run, he would have picked up the first down, potentially even scored a touchdown, and Iowa State would have won the Big 12 title game, and no one would have cared about Oklahoma. Uh, They're a soft team, and I just think that in a uh, grudge match where Iowa State is going to say, you were lucky to beat us last year, and you're leaving the conference, we hate you, we're bringing like all the weapons out, I don't think Oklahoma will handle that very well. Uh, And in fact, kind of previewing down the line, I actually think both Texas and Oklahoma are not going to particularly enjoy their time in the SEC. I think Texas is setting themselves up to be about an eight and four program every year because I don't think they have the institutional togetherness to be better than Alabama be better than LSU be better than Georgia be better than Florida. I don't see it. And Oklahoma, unless they rapidly change their system, uh, they're too soft. I don't see them beating LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. Uh, I, I think that down the line, let's say five, 10 years when we're doing our 10,000th show and we're previewing the sec and in, in 2030 and we say, Oh, and here's, here's Texas. We got them finishing third in their fourth, pod, fourth in their division, third in their pod. Like it's just, I mean, it's just, uh, Fourth in their pod with Arkansas, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. I mean, State. I mean, it, it, it's not just, you know, it's just, you know, it's selfishness, it's greed, but it's also just blind stupidity. I mean, you're Oklahoma. You are making the playoffs seemingly every year. You're Texas. All you have to do is get past one team, and. And now you're going into like a buzzsaw where uh, like Oklahoma, you think you have ravenous fans and you think you're crazy. Um, uh, Go coach, to Baton Rouge on a Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, like. 
that's a different story. Like, yeah, in a Big Twelve context, yeah. But in uh, when you when you go to the lights of hell, go to go to Starkville with the cowbells. Go to go to go to Vaught Hemingway. Go to the Swamp. Go to Sanford. Go to go to Auburn. Auburn's a really terrifying place. To I play. mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and Texas hate each other, and they have the fiercest rivalry. And they have a fun matchup every year at the state fair where they split the, the stadium in half and uh, you never hear any like horror stories. And I mean, freaking uh, Auburn had their trees poisoned by some bat crazy fan. Like, well, hey, no, on the same context as the red river shootout, go to the cocktail party in Jacksonville every year. That ain't a safe place. I, I can tell you, I can say firsthand, that ain't a safe place, man. There's some stuff that happens. At the, that's not a cordial rivalry by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah. they have no idea what they're walking into. And, you know, they're about to, you know, you can't walk in there all soft. Now, in a Big 12 context, Oklahoma is not very soft, right? In a Big 12 context, when you, when you compare them to, the other programs in the conference outside of Iowa state and possibly TCU, they in Kansas state, maybe now, but they're, 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 they're soft, but they're not soft in that context. SEC. Ooh, like there ain't a soft team in the SEC. Uh, I mean, there is no soft team. There, there is less talented team. Soft. Teams. Yeah. I mean, Texas is, Let's let's be honest. Here's yeah. some real talk, Texas fans. Texas, you are Michigan. Real talk. How is Michigan going to do well in the SEC? Every time they play an SEC team in a bowl game, they get mollywopped. Like it's not going to be pretty. And I'm going to harbor no. no sympathy for them. I'm going to laugh every time Texas loses. I'm going to die laughing. All right, gents. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap to wrap this one up here we'll have more sec big 12 conference talk in future episodes but we'll be back next time with our pac 12 preview now there's a soft conference oklahoma should be in that no, there was talk about that a couple years ago <laughs> anyway um want to thank you guys as always and so uh until next time on behalf of our one offensive coordinator the coach Corey burton here in the music city and our intrepid blogger from big ten accounting Josh Cook up there on the Windy City. This is the Professor Emeritus in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Check us out! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.